Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr., the American writer, once said, we do not quit playing because we grew old. We grew old because we quit playing. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, where I'm going to read the first four verses. Jesus has been preaching and teaching. And Matthew 18, 1 says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put amongst them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. God always blesses the public reading of his inspired and his infallible word. There's a beauty in a dedication which I think is wonderful. In your arms and committing them to God and asking him to look after them, asking him to take care of them, to guide them and to guard them. Because here you have this little tiny life with all of the things that will happen ahead of her and we don't know what they will be or what they'll look like. But the, today is full of possibility for her and full of possibility for her family. And there's a profundity in it because there's an act of simple faith as a mother and a father bring their daughter to be dedicated. A family gather with that child, in this case Tilly, and all of the ups and downs of life that we all know will happen. There are sadnesses at those that we would like to be here, joys at those that are. But in it all, this child held in Holly's arms, then Johnny's arms and my arms is a symbol, a picture of something for each of us to consider today, here or online in the many countries that join us around the world. To become again like little children. What does that mean? What would it look like? I'm not suggesting that Jesus' invitation to his disciples after having been present with some of the most powerful people in Jerusalem and in Judaism was about naivety. I'm not suggesting that to become like a child is to become unquestioning or is to become um, simple in your processing. I'm not suggesting that we should act or think or behave childishly I'm asking what does it mean to be humble like a little child in our lives I wonder how much pain and difficulty and heartbreak around the world would be avoided if we had the simplicity of seeing people as people before we label them with something else seeing every person in front of us as made in God's image and equal to us in value and respect when the apostle Paul wrote his letter to the Corinthian church he reminded them that they were not to behave childishly. He said, we know only in part and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, Christ, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child and I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end 
to childish ways. So I'm not suggesting that you should become childish. The great Belfast writer C.S. Lewis once said this, critics who treat adult as a term of approval instead of as a merely descriptive term cannot be adults themselves. To be concerned about being grown up, to admire the grown up because it is grown up, to blush at the suspicion of being childish, these things are the marks of childhood and adolescence. And in childhood and adolescence, they are in moderation healthy symptoms. Young things ought to want to grow. But to, be carry on, but to carry on into middle life or even into early manhood or womanhood, this concern about being adult is a mark of really arrested development. When I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if I had been found doing so. Now that I am 50, I read them openly. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childness, childishness, and the desire to be very grown up. In other words, the older we get, the more open we can become to what is possible. The more joy we can find in the laugh of a child or the smile of somebody across the road. What does it mean to put away childish things? I've reflected on that this week in lots of different ways. And in a sense, I am 48, 49 in October the 5th. If you want to send a card, you're welcome. <laughs> but I am still the age now that I have been at every age. Because I was once a child, I am always going to be a child. Because I was once a searching teenager given to moods, highs and lows, they are still a part of me. And they're always going to be. That doesn't mean that I ought to be trapped or enclosed in any of those ages, being the teenager or the childish adult, but that they are in me to be drawn on. To forget your childness is to commit some kind of intellectual act on yourself that stops you from dreaming. To forget the passion of being a teenager, to forget the energy and the life, is to forget something of who you already are. Too many people misunderstand what putting away childish things means. And they think that forgetting what it's like to think and to feel and to touch and to smell and to taste and to see and to hear like a three-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 23-year-old means that you're grown up. When, I'm, when I am with people like that, I like children feel very bored. If that's what it means to be grown up, then I don't want to grow up. To lose the joy of discovery and the possibility of friendship. I'd rather retain a child's awareness and be 48 coming 49 and be laughed at by the world than feel as if I've grown up and lost joy. I want to suggest just four things to you that becoming like a child might mean as Jesus takes this child in his arms outside the temple and holds him or her. Firstly, to become like children in our humility. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. It's not having to need to be the person with all the answers. 
It's not about having always to have the light shine on you when you walk in the room and everybody else be defined by your presence or your intelligence or your wisdom or your cleverness. Jesus says in verse four, have the humility of a child. The gift of being yourself, unhindered, unencumbered, of being able to be honest and open and true. We'll look at some of those in a minute. I think for me today, I would invite you to consider humility as never stop, to never stop growing up. To learn the discovery of each new day as a gift. My grandfather on my mother's side died in 1958. Three days after my eldest brother, Colin, was born. He had traveled all over the world in the Royal Navy and become a successful businessman here in Northern Ireland. But after the First World War, he was born in 1874. After the First World War, he said to his wife, I'm never going to leave Northern Ireland again. And she said, why? Would you not go somewhere on holiday? He said, nope. There's too much to discover here. He said, I could spend the rest of my life in my garden. They lived in Carrickfergus for a period of time. And he said, I could spend the rest of my life in my garden because there's so much to learn. To never stop growing up, to always want to learn, to be content, to search for the answers and always know that you're never going to know everything. There's something about that which is wonderful, alluring, life-giving. And there's something destructive about being with people who always feel as if they know everything you're never able to experience something for the first time. Hen- Henning Mankell in a novel that I read many years ago called When the Snow Fell said this, to grow up is to wonder about things. To be grown up is to slowly forget the things that you wondered about. Never stop wondering about things. Never stop Thinking, never stop being open to the possibility that somebody else might be right. That there's more for you to discover. That there might be something beautiful just around the corner. Secondly, to become like children in our openness. One of my favorite children's authors is Roald Dahl, Big Friendly Giant, James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The Glass Elevator, all those types of books. He said this, grown-ups are complicated creatures, full of quirks and full of secrets. And the guy that invented the Muppets, Jim Henson, do you remember him? In a book that he wrote called It's Not Easy Being Green. A uh, A good title and other things to consider. said, children don't remember what you try to teach them. They will remember what you are. To have childlike openness. Openness to life with all of its possibilities. Not to be hidden. Not to be guarded. Not to be fearful. Not to be afraid of what people will think of you. That's a beautiful and a profound thing. And to remember that who you are is more important than what you do. Do you know as a pastor, I've been doing this now for over 30 years, um, I'm pretty sure that if I went back to the congregations that I was pastoring 25 or 26 or 27 or maybe even 20 years ago or maybe even last week (laughs) and said to them, 
What did I preach on last week? They'd probably, or what did I preach on when I was with you? They'd probably not be able to tell me. But they could remember whether I remembered their name. Whether on the day of a funeral I held their hand. To be open, connected in love and friendship to other people. Some years ago, my wife and I had the privilege of pastoring a church called Mortimer West End Chapel. And one of our dear friends there uh, lost her son on St. Patrick's Day. And every year since, her son died long before we arrived at the church. Every year since, on this day when I get up, I just send her a little text. And I say, good morning, thinking about you today. And it means so much to her. That's why in my diary will be put the day that Tilly was born. And in my folder at home, which is full of bits of paper, every morning when I look at it, I'll see it's Tilly's birthday today. And I'll pray the blessing that I wrote for her over her, or on the first anniversary or the second anniversary or the 17th anniversary of somebody's death, I'll contact their family. And they'll say, I'm thinking about you today. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. We can all do that. To have the openness of a child. The openness that looks at life through unhindered eyes. Thirdly, to become like children in our vulnerability. To be willing to admit that life isn't always easy. To allow people to see through the cracks in our lives the questions that we have, to let them see us cry as well as laugh, to be vulnerable enough to be honest and to be open. And fourthly, to be like children in our presentness. I mean by that simply being present, to be with one another. We have been blessed to have four children here on earth and one that we have yet to meet in heaven. And the gift of being present is a wonderful thing that children bring into a room. They don't ask you for attention. Well, they do. <laughs> they pull your mic off your face and they, they rip bits of paper and they poke at your head. But they expect you to be present because that's what's supposed to happen when you are in the presence of another human being. You're supposed to be present with them. You're supposed to see them, not label them, not make them pass some kind of test before you are with them. Be present with them. The famous Scottish crime writer Ian McEwan also wrote a book called The Child in Time. And he said this, for children, childhood is timeless. It is always the present. It's always now. Everything is in the moment of now. Of course, they have memories. Of course, time shifts a little for them. And Christmas comes around in the end. But they don't feel it. Today is what they feel. And when they say, when I grew up, there's always an edge of disbelief. How could they ever be other than what they are now? Be present today with your family, 
Be present today with your neighbors. Be present with those that you love. When we are children, we seldom think of the future. And that innocence can leave us free to enjoy ourselves as few grown-ups can. The day that we begin to fret about the future is perhaps the day that we begin to leave our childhood behind. I want to invite you to think today about whether it's possible at all to become childlike. I hope so. Childlike in humility, childlike in openness, childlike in vulnerability, and childlike in being present. I really hope so. I'm going to read you a poem. It's called A Second Childhood by Longfellow. When all my days are ending and I have no song to sing, I think that I shall not be too old to stare at everything. As I stared once at a nursery door or a tall tree and a swing, wherein God's ponderous mercy hangs on all my sins and me, because he does not take away the terror from the tree and stones still shine along the road that are and yet cannot be. Men grow too old for love, my love. Men grow too old for wine. But I shall not grow too old to see unearthly daylight shine, changing my chamber's dust to snow till I doubt if it is mine. Behold, the crowning mercies melt the first surprises stay, and in my dross is dropped a gift for which I dare not pray, that a man grow used to grief and joy, but not to night and day. Men grow too old for love, my love. Men grow too old for lies. But I shall never grow too old to see enormous night arise, a cloud that is larger than the world and a monster made of eyes. Nor am I worthy to unloose the latchet of my shoe or shake the dust from off my feet or the staff that bears me through on ground that is too good to last and too solid to be true. Men grow too old to woo, my love. Men grow too old to wed. But I shall not grow too old to see hung crazily overhead. Incredible rafters when I wake and I find that I am not dead. A thrill of thunder in my hair through blackening clouds be plain. Still I am stung and startled by the first drop of the rain. Romance and pride and passion pass, and these are what remain. Strange crawling carpets of the grass, wide windows of the sky. So in the perilous grace of God, with all my sins go I. And things grow new, though I grow old, though I grow old and die. Never be so old that you can't smile at a sunrise. Never be too old that you can't jump into the car and drive to Crawfordsburn and walk along between Helen's Bay and Bangor and stop and sit on one of the benches by the rocks and look out over the sea and say, this is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Never to grow so old that as you walk or drive to work, across the Albert Bridge or the, Queen, the Queen's Bridge and you look down the lagging and see the sun bouncing off it like a sheet of polished silver that it doesn't take your breath away. 
when you hold your grandchildren or children or look into the eyes of a friend and see something beautiful. Never let it be anything other than stupendously wonderful. Never grow too old to cry when you hear a song or to laugh when you hear a child laughing. Never grow too old to watch the news and break your heart at 50 people whose lives have been taken in New Zealand simply because they were Muslims. Not in my name. Not in Christ's name. Never grow too old. But how can that be? How do you avoid growing old? How do you avoid it? I think I've got two things that I'd want to say about that. This week, I was involved in delivering some uh, teaching at an academic conference in Oxford on disability, particularly people with intellectual and learning disabilities. It's something that I've been interested in for nearly 30 years. Actually for 48, but that's another story. And um, as part of that community, as part of that three days, we had professors from all over the world exploring the most remarkable things. One always scratches one's head in such situations and thinks, how did I end up here doing this? It's really weird. But a community from London called the L'Arche Community, which is a community that was set up by a man called Jean Vanier um, and exists in several countries around the world, came to help us with worship together. And Vanier is, L'Arche is a community, it's French for Arc, and it's a community where people with intellectual disability and people without intellectual disability share life together. And in no way am I suggesting, by the way, as I wasn't in my sermon, that intellectual disability makes people uh, behave childishly. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. But on a couple of occasions, we worshiped together. And it was beautiful. The simplicity of smiling, the simplicity of raising our hands, the joy and beauty of listening to each other, seeing on hindered friendship offered, seeing somebody like Vincento, who told me 20 or 30 times that he was from Sicily, although he lived in London, and was very keen for me to pay for a flight for him to come to Northern Ireland (laughs) so that he could see our church. I sat with him and listened to his story, listened to who he was, how many brothers and sisters that he had. I met Jack, who likes the sound that a rainmaker makes, so he brings it to church all the time. And I became vulnerable, open, humble, because I was in the presence of godliness. I was with people who were with God. And it rubs off. So this morning, that's one way we can do it. Spend time with people who are with God. The second is much more challenging. How could you become a child again? I guess you'd have to work out whether it would be possible to be born again. And I think Jesus said it was. 
All you need to do is ask. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Many of us having known you, others exploring you, others resistant to you, here and around the world. And we ask you to help us to grow. Not to grow up, but to grow like children again. Help us to be humble. To never stop wanting to discover or grow or learn. Help us to be open to one another and to you. Help us to be vulnerable. to be willing to accept our shortcomings and our inadequacies. And help us to be present, to really see the person in front of us, to notice the things of our day. For those that have not yet experienced it, Help us to be born again. To become children again. And for those that have, forgive us when we overcomplicate our faith and turn it into an exam to be passed or a set of words to be recited or services to attend. Thank you for the gift of those people in our families and in our lives and in our church who remind us of what it means to live simply and profoundly before you in faith. Bless them. And bless each of us in Jesus' name. Amen.